0: Hi, welcome to Off Script. I'm Zach Lewis.
1: And I'm Dr. Draper.
0: Today on the show, we're going to be talking about the new Disney Pixar film Onward. We also saw Lee Wannell's The Invisible Man. Yes, the universal monster movie. Reboot. It's been out for a couple of weeks, but we kind of heard some good things, so we thought, you know what, maybe we'll swing back around and watch it. We did, and we got a hot review towards the end of the show. We're going to talk about what's coming out in the next two months that you need to see if you're a fan of this show and you're a fan of Bold Cinema. And before we get to all of that, we need to talk about the news, three stories this week, and man, they're all about coronavirus.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's very true. It's, it's what happening around the entire world
0: yes it is all they are talking about out there andy um two of these are are just blatantly about coronavirus one i i mean maybe not so much but it, it's just they're, they're all coronavirus so the first one yeah. uh, no time to die the new james bond film has its release date moving back to fall in hopes that the global theater business is back at full strength come November. Yes, moving to a November release date. This is crazy. There were trailers out for this movie and like posters and stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean Daniel Craig was on SNL this weekend because he was supposed to be promoting uh, the movie. You know, for the next month. Um, and yeah, he <laughs> it's not coming out till way later in the fall.
0: Yeah, November. This is some wild stuff uh it's it's a little hard to believe um i guess the first question for anybody that doesn't know why is a movie bumping back its release date can you kind of give us a explanation well
1: obviously is the world is dealing with a coronavirus outbreak one of the biggest hit sectors is theaters um most not so much here yet (laughs) um but definitely across the globe Um, China has itself has closed something like 70,000 theaters. That's a huge market as well as other places like Italy's on lockdown, Japan, South Korea. So a lot of theaters are just closed for business. And uh, a lot of people are kind of scared to go to the movies. Um, so that's a big thing. They're trying to, how do we mitigate the damage? You know, we, we have this great movie. We're been promoting it. We're ready for it to come out. But now we have this worldwide kind of pandemic that we're dealing with as well
0: yeah uh i i guess i'm a little surprised to see this coming from james bond of all studios like you'd think yeah, you'd be worried about something like disney moving something back right like why aren't other big studios doing this do you think
1: um well i i know that some other films are getting pushed back or uh, like i just saw that peter rabbit 2 is gonna get <laughs> uh pushed back no ah, loss yes. there um <laughs> But how, how dare but, you? But other, think of the kids. Yeah, I think other films are, they're just stuck on their timetable. You know, I know like uh, Mulan is coming out in a couple of weeks, and there's, I mean, like where do you push it to? And again, you've, you've, you have an advertising budget that you've pushed, you know, to a certain date, and you know you don't necessarily want to keep pushing it. Um. So yeah, I, it, it's just in an effort to mitigate, and I, I you know, there's no easy answer. People are just going to lose money.
0: Do you think, uh, well, I was thinking about this earlier, so I guess I'll say my piece and ask you what you think of yours. Uh, do you, are they going to recoup costs on this? Like, the fact is, they wouldn't move it back if they weren't looking at what they think they're going to make and looking at kind of uh, forecasts of, of box office uh, regions in, in the world and think, okay, hold on, nobody in China is going to go see this thing. America's about to get hit, nobody's going to go see it. What are we going to do? Let's push it back. They've already spent so much money on marketing. Like you said, Dana Craig was on SNL. They got trailers out and posters and like a Super Bowl ad that ran and like all kinds of stuff and it, people know about it. Sure. But are they still going to remember come November? Cause they're going to have to fire all this stuff back up again. Is it worth it to take that additional cost?
1: Well, yeah, I saw that they pushing it back has cost them like 30 to 40 million already. So, I mean, they must really hoping that the market's recovered. At the same time, if you release it now, I mean, it just may completely bomb. Uh, so it's, yeah, I'm sure the accountants are behind the spreadsheets calculating the best release, but there's no there's no great time. And, you know, they're, it's 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 not about can you make money back, it's how, what's the least amount of money you're going to lose?
0: Right. Or can't and, and, lose. And also, yeah, we got to consider they're bumping it to November 25th in the US, which is... Uh, you know, a kind kind of a big time for movies. You're going for the Thanksgiving spot, like that's when a lot of people go to see movies. So that's, I don't know, that's you're doing something interesting there, and you're moving it out of Easter weekend, which is traditionally a pretty safe weekend at the movies. Um, no pun intended. Uh, for coronavirus, like typically movies that come out Easter weekend do great. Last year, uh, 2015 and 2016 had uh Furious Seven and Batman v Superman coming out Easter weekends like usually that's a good time for stuff at the movies let me i guess let me look real quick what what are we gonna have coming out now is there anything
1: um on which day
0: on on easter weekend anything still i'm not sure man corona corona gets all i guess Uh, our next story south by southwest canceled due to coronavirus
1: it's all we're going to talk about. Uh, yeah, um, hey, we can laugh
0: about it now. Cor-
1: yeah, Corona Cast. Um, yeah. well th- this is a huge deal because uh, South by Southwest is you know a huge festival in Austin, Texas and it's um, you know there's music and film and technology as well. It's it's one of the it's rare that way because it's not just a film festival. It's a festival for a lot of different things. But a lot of the sponsors pulled out, big ones, Amazon, Google, Facebook. Um, and so they eventually just decided to close it down. And this is a big deal because there's a lot of big world premieres that happen at South by Southwest. And uh, and they're just not going to happen. I was really looking forward to see what people thought of The Green Knight, which is uh, A24's kind of medieval mystery something or other. Um, yeah. So it's and and this is just the be, the reason why this is important to talk about is that this is one of many festivals that are being canceled. Uh, Coachella is going to be pushed to the fall, I think, um, and other kind of big gatherings.
0: Yeah, uh, it's a bummer. They they've been doing South by Southwest for thirty four years, and this is the first time. It won't be happening. They've always said the show must go on, right? And, and <laughs> it turns out, can't go on if you don't have any sponsors. Like, that's kind of the whole thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you said it, Facebook, Amazon dropped out, Warner media, Twitter, Apple, Netflix dropped out. And at some point, yeah. What, what's the point of having the event anymore? You know, on top of concern for folks, safety and health, of course, um, <laughs> if nobody's going to be there presenting, wh- what are we even doing? I, it's funny. I, I've, I've seen a couple other conventions around town, uh, just here in the DFW area having, having similar problems. Um, I know a guy who works in events, um, kind of scattered throughout the country and and he's been having issues like people canceling stuff and people calling him like, Hey, uh, it's not going to happen, man. So it's not a joke, man. People don't want to get together anymore. It's weird.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's just, it's going to be the new norm. And our, you know, our outbreak is just, it's just starting here in the States. And That's so true. we're going to see what, how this affects, you know, we're not quite into summer movie season, but it's going to, you and know, it's coming up in, you know, end of April, beginning of May
0: yeah (sighs) well our last story (laughs) this is dark man will older moviegoers avoid theaters after the cdc advisory warning on crowds due to coronavirus yes uh coronavirus obviously affects everybody but it seems to have the biggest impact on older audiences so the question stands do we think older folks are going to stop going to movies at least for a little while um any hot takes on this one, Andy?
1: So, uh, films like Emma, and uh, this article features uh, The Way Back, the basketball movie with Ben Affleck, um, cater to older audiences, and they they really depend on that older crowd. So, uh, this is kind of a poor title, because I don't know if <clears throat> whether or not that population will or won't stay away from the theater, but the, the interesting part is that the CDC has recommended that uh, people over 60 um, abstain from uh, cinema, and that's this is kind of the first time they've ever uh, issued this kind of, of warning uh, to people, and it's you know you know it's a, it's affecting what we talk about here uh, every day.
0: Right. Uh, it's definitely something worth considering. I think. Um, I mean, I know we all know <laughs> the modern movie theater to be the picture of health, right? Like, the why <laughs> why wouldn't you want to go there? But. Yeah, it's definitely a little bit of a concern. Um, it looks like the CDC is just kind of straight up telling older folks to avoid cro- crowds and to stay as home, stay in, stay home as much as possible. So yeah, maybe going to the movies is a bad idea. It certainly hasn't slowed down folks that I've seen. Uh, I was I gu- saw I, was gonna say, I went <laughs> saw a couple movies today, and there were there were a couple couple of older older couples in there. So
1: I was going to say the uh, I saw um, Invisible Man yesterday at a, and my theater was full monday night really yeah so it's oh my gosh. it's definitely not deterring uh most people yet no and uh, also a, a, as and a brief th- side note go ahead i was gonna say you couldn't stop me from bold cinema
0: no sure, surely not as a brief sidebar um <laughs> the, the invisible man didn't make as much money as onward last weekend but it definitely made more money than the way back ben affleck's new movie so <sighs> bummer and also haha so that's that's what's going on there um Obviously, people overseas are still feeling this. Uh, box offices box offices around the country are still kind of reeling from uh, coronavirus. I'm curious to see the larger impacts this might have on kind of global movie releases, movie theater availability in the future. This might shut down a couple mom and pop shops. Like, I, all it takes is a bad month or two sometimes to close these places down. I used to work in an old theater, I know. And also, uh, I want to see if Netflix and Hulu and those guys are getting big bumps People are staying in, right? Why go out? I, I know. I assume if we have a coronavirus contingency plan for this show, it'll be just do stuff on yeah, yeah streaming Netflix and stuff. Yeah, and like, that's
1: we will not stop. <laughs> we will not stop. We will not be stopped.
0: Yeah, unless I'm hacking up a lung, in, in which case I may, I may. Opt to not do one. But, hey, wouldn't you like to hear a podcast recorded by somebody who actively has the coronavirus? <laughs> wouldn't that no, be interesting? No, probably yeah, not. Probably not. Be anyway, afraid of yeah. getting sick. We can talk about my symptoms in the news. Like, well, here's here's what I'm experiencing. Uh, now it'd be okay. Anyway, I, enough, enough about the coronavirus for now. Obviously, uh, it's a concern. Stay healthy. Use hand sanitizer. Buy all of the toilet paper, and I'm sure we'll all be okay. So that's what's going on with that uh and with that we should move on to our first release of the week andy you have graciously agreed to take the summary on this one please take
1: it away disney pixar's onward this spell brings him back for one whole day dad will be back what back
0: like back to life that's not possible it is with this i'm gonna meet dad
1: So Onward is the latest Pixar release, and this is kind of their, what I call, kind of their soft film. It's their kind of smaller film between their large summer releases. Last summer was uh, Toy Story 4, this uh, summer is Soul, uh, which is kind of this big uh, music-inspired thing. Um, So it's a little bit smaller film, and it's not expected to do the kind of money that Pixar usually does. And I think it's done pretty, pretty well at the box office. Anyways, uh, the story uh, takes place in a magical uh, world, but that's in a modern day kind of suburban setting. Uh, you have fantastical creatures like um, centaurs, and fairies, and elves, and, and unicorns, but everyone drives cars, goes to school, and, and you know you learn that there used to be a lot of magic in the world, and then everyone kind of got used to modern conveniences, and then everyone kind of forgot um, how to use magic. Our two main characters are uh, Ian and Barley Lightfoot, who are two brothers. Um, Barley is the kind of co- overly confident older older brother who's cooler out of high school, and then Ian, uh, played by Tom Holland, is is very uh, he's he's very scared. He's very unsure of himself. He he doesn't have a lot of friends. Their their family is dealing with the loss of their father who who died before um, Ian's birth, and they kind of discover the, this um, this staff, this hidden uh, kind of present from their father and they cast this spell and he comes back, but only he- from the waist down, like half of him comes back and they realize this spell, once they complete it, they will have 24 hours to reunite with their father. And so they end up going on a quest to finish this spell. They learn lessons along the way. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of these kind of uh, cliche uh, coming-of-age story uh, plot points. Um, and that's, that's our setup. And uh, I really didn't like how this movie started. I thought it was really cliche, but it got better the longer it went. And by the third act, it was really great. Um, so th- those are my thoughts on it. Zach, what did you think?
0: Uh, I am mixed on this movie. Um, I, I just actually saw it. Andy already knows this, but I definitely double-featured today. Um, my parents came in from out of town uh, over the weekend, so I just scramble and see The Invisible Man this morning, followed by uh, this movie this evening. So I, I'm, I'm a little I'm a little fresh on both of these, so excuse me. Maybe a little, maybe a little hangry, too, but I'll, I'll figure that out after the show. Um, onward is... I think, like you said, not exactly Pixar's primary release. It doesn't quite have the polish, I think, uh, that normally I would expect from like a Pixar film. It's not bad. It's got some heart. It's a little different, and it's endearing, just like every Pixar film. And there's a lot in it that works. I especially appreciated the kind of subversive um, approach to the climax of the film, which we won't talk about because this isn't a spoiler show. But... Um, it does some things differently. It does some things right, and I want to talk about that stuff. I didn't enjoy it as much as I had hoped, I guess, but I still had a lot of fun, and I'll we'll probably still have a recommendation at the end of the show. So let's probably talk about Onward, I guess.
1: Yes. <laughs> Where do you want to start? So why don't we start with this plot? So the thing about this plot is that it's really a little overly complicated, and I was trying not to um, <laughs> uh, get too much into the weeds, but it's the setup is... Complicated. You have these two brothers. There's a spell. There's magic. They got to bring their father back, but they only have so much time. And then there's a quest. Um, that was probably a better summary, but the, and then they both have their own challenges to overcome. The thing that I liked about this movie is that it it kind of reminds me of the uh, kind of adventure films of the '80s, things like Goonies or Indiana Jones, because they they discover one clue, which leads to another clue, which leads to another clue, and there's you know there's there's definitely some homages to Indiana Jones uh, for sure. But it, <laughs> yeah, like I said, it, once once the opening is the setup is clumsy, but once it gets going. Um, I, I think it's really enjoyable because it turns into this road trip with uh, the two brothers and um, in, in, in Chris P- Pratt plays uh, the older uh, Lightfoot uh, Barley um, and I, like I said I, I liked where it went much more than where it started.
0: Yeah I, I feel the same way. It's definitely kind of a slow start uh, and it's a little tough to get into the world. I, I see what they were going for I feel like it's really easy to Kind of write it down on paper. Oh, it's like a, it's like if a modern world and a fantasy world slam together and people have the internet and they basically have iPhones and they have cars that they drive to work in and sit in traffic in, but also uh, they live in mushroom houses and there's trolls and unicorns and like all kinds of stuff. Like, very fun premise and idea, but like the way it was fleshed out, I think was a little clumsy and it makes it just a little hard to get into. Um, like you said, towards about the middle of the film, they kind of break away from like suburbia and and like the society of the world and start to get into like the wilderness a little bit, and that's where I think it really opens up, and your imagination can kind of run wild a little bit more. Um, but I think in that presentation, it's worth talking about our characters, right? We've got. Like you said, Chris Pratt is Barley, the older brother. Uh, uh, Tom uh, Ho- oh, Holland. Tom Holland. I was gonna <laughs> say Tom Hooper, the director of uh, uh, Cats. the Dana. Yeah, Cats. Good God. Uh, Tom Holland as the as our main Ian. Uh, his mom Julie, us and a handful of other characters. All a lot of fun, very enjoyable. Uh, I I I thought Tom Holland was not super outstanding. Uh, I don't know. I I don't know if you. Something about him. Maybe maybe it's because he's faking an accent and like it kind of came through. But something about his performance didn't stand out. Chris Pratt was great. I thought he did a great job playing <laughs> Jack Black. Um, yeah, for sure. Is probably <laughs> who should have been this role, but you know he
1: uh, he plays the same character that he plays like in Parks and Rec. And if you remember Everwood, which he was in that's yeah ever uh, <laughs>
0: take that and rewind it perhaps.
1: um yeah sometimes in life uh yeah Everwood, he was a kind of a lovable screw-up in that as as well but he's you know he's the cool older brother he's super confident and he's got this this really cool van that's like he loves rock rock music and has a big uh you know pegasus uh painted on the side but it's like it's a little embarrassing and he's you know he we find out that he's on a gap year and he's trying to figure things out and he's He's a little bit of a misfit. He's like borderline screw up. And that's, you know, that becomes an issue. And he, he's the opposite of, of Tom Holland character, Ian, who is uh, very unsure of himself, very timid, very like, uh, you know, has social anxiety, um, real unsure of himself, but kind of has a, a little bit better plan with his life, has a little bit more uh, direction.
0: Yeah, and I wish—I guess—I'd seen a little bit more development around him. Our lead Ian gets gets a lot, right? He's our main character. I get it. He's 16, and he's very unsure of himself and very quiet. And at the beginning of the movie, it very quickly establishes he wants to be more confident and learn how to drive and 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 talk to people. You know, I—I I, I probably talk to girls would have been a thing if this movie had been made five years ago, but mm-hmm. um, just talk to people—that's his thing. Be social, uh, and he works on those things over the course of the film. You know, he kind of he kind of figures that out about himself through
1: obstacles he yeah overcomes. right our
0: our 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 lovable screw up barley doesn't really change a whole lot the gap year thing is never addressed they're never like oh he's going to college next year no that never really (laughs) comes around he doesn't he doesn't lose lose the baby weight he doesn't get a like (laughs) he's just kind of the same guy i
1: think he does kind of become a little bit more focused or you learn that he's not the huge screw up that you think he is.
0: Yeah. I uh, you'd learn more about him and why he is the way he is, and I think that's good. You know, you mm-hmm. everybody's allowed to have a weird friend or an odd brother or sister, like or maybe you're the weird one in the family. Like and I think that's okay. That's that's a good that's a good space to have in a Pixar movie. Um mm-hmm. so that was good. I was I was really intrigued by the speaking of casting, the the half father, right? The pants that are walking around. Mm-hmm. We haven't talked about
1: that. Uh, uh, not this is a whole weekend in Bernie's thing that happens,
0: <laughs> a, right? Yes, we we have this odd man out, fish out of water that we have to take care of. That is essentially a corpse, um, which is pretty pretty good time. A uh, lot of fun, honestly. Not in the way it, it, like I, I think of how ob- obnoxious. That character could have been, like, a pair of pants that walks around, like, could have been all over the place. And, like, basically sits in a van the whole movie, which is okay. Like, that's not bad. Like, it, you know, it used, used sparingly as a plot device. Like, it moves the plot forward. Not too shabby. So, overall, our cast, pretty good. Like, I, I think they did their jobs well. They, they sounded good. No, not so bad.
1: Yeah, I was going to mention uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus plays uh, their mother, Laurel Lightfoot, um, and, and also uh, what I thought was a pretty good performance of Octavia Spencer as the manticore, who's – she's uh, kind of, uh, you know, this mythical creature, but that's been reduced to, like, running a restaurant – uh, that it's very much like a Chuck E. Cheese, and you know she has like the head of a lion, a scorpion's tail, and wings, but she's got to like you know serve hot fries to the, the locals. Um, and that 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 her character is really pretty like loud and bombastic, and it's you know it's a fun uh, addition to the film.
0: No, oh, yeah, she's she's actually really good in that role. I, I appreciate her a lot. All right, so
1: we talked about the world, we talked about our characters,
0: uh, general plot, right? Following a quest, uh, very D anD D inspired.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, very, yeah, very D&D inspired for sure. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons for those of you who don't know. Um, <laughs> and, and like I said, I was re- very strong. And it's maybe because I actually watched the Goonies uh, recently that uh, I was reminded of the And There's a map, there's, you know, hidden objects, there's, uh, you know, uh, traps and things that they have to, to avoid. So so I think it's very – and there's – I mean, and like I said, there's some blatant uh, Indiana Jones call-outs, out, call which, by the way, I, I feel like Goonies is just Indiana Jones for kids. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, we we get some uh, adventure uh, – and then I was saying, like, the adventure film has kind of gone away. We don't really get them much anymore, at least not in live action. So this is kind of nice to, to see them uh, on this journey. We also have, you know, some stops, and uh, there, there's kind of – uh, not a bar fight, but we, we meet these fairies that are like a motorcycle gang, and Pixies, they're like, yeah, yeah, picks, yeah, yeah, and they're like really small, but they, you know, they look like bikers and they have like leather jackets and mohawks, and they're really mean and aggressive, and you know that that's kind of so they they, they weave in these fantasy elements uh, into kind of a, a very modern suburban story.
0: Yes, and and like I said, I think tonally that's a little confusing, at least for an adult at the beginning, but I'm sure like a kid. It would have a fine, fun time throughout. That wouldn't slow them down at all. Uh, I, I think it's interesting. Pixar. I, I've never really noticed this. Like, I've never tried to identify this to to, to to categorize Pixar films into kind of two buckets, two categories of Pixar films. But I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do it with this one. I'm gonna say there's two kinds of Pixar films. There's adult Pixar and there's baby Pixar. Right? And adult Pixar is gonna be stuff like Inside Out, or mm-hmm. Wall-E, or Up. Like, stuff that, like, you're probably going to cry. Like, it's really pulls at the heartstrings. Like, it really gets you down deep. And then there's kind of baby Pixar, which is totally cool. And that's going to be stuff like Finding Dory and Onward and... Uh, and Cars. Like a Bug's Life, yeah, and Cars. All fine films from a fantastic studio that makes great work. But they're just angled a little different. Like, they're not quite aimed so much at everybody they're aimed a little bit more at like kind of kids and i would say that's where this one lands for me it's a little bit more kids little less is. adult it, that's not bad it I does just, have yeah. some
1: real serious themes though like we're, we're you know we're dealing with the loss of their father not just the loss of their father their their father what like died when um tom holland's character ian was before he was born or as he was a child, he doesn't remember him at all. So we're talking about a very long standing uh, loss and it's, it's very, I, it, I mean, and it, it, it touches on some really strong emotional points. And I was like, man, this is some really dark. So this is like classic Disney, like uh, dead, <laughs> yeah, dead, definitely. dead, dead parents and everything.
0: Yes. Uh, there, there's definitely some moments of kind of grief and loss and, and how to say goodbye to somebody, that's definitely a big part of it, right? That's this whole race to see their dad for one more day. Like, that's that's a big part of it, you know? That's kind of what's going on. Um, and I agree, that's that's definitely some heavy stuff. But like I, like I said, I, I think of a movie like Up that has that fantastic framing device. At the beginning, you get a brief montage of what's going on. You get some real heartbreak. But it, just, you kind of have this string that's just left open. And then a character... Like the young kid comes along and tugs on a little bit, and before you know it, it unravels this whole thing, and then at the end, you get exposition. You get you get the end of the framing device, the end of the montage. You you get satisfactory conclusion for what's happened. Um, this movie lacked that a little bit. It didn't quite have that. It, it had man, I really miss Dad. We have our spell performed in the trailer. Of okay, we've got the pants now. We got 24 hours getting back. Let's go do it. And the way it comes back around at the end of the movie like I said is subversive. It's different and I really respect it for that because it did it did something I didn't expect it to do and I thought that was really cool.
1: Yeah, like I said that's the longer it goes the more I liked it and especially I think the third act is really really strong. And I was a little yes. worried because like when I saw the the trailers for this movie did not excite me at all. No. Was, was not into it um, and when it started I was like oh gosh this might this might be a miss. But yeah, by the time he gets there, and the third act, yeah, the, there's it's got some nice surprises, but they all make sense, and like you know the themes, and you know it's it's about family, about uh, you know brotherly love, um, loss, grief, these these things. So, but by the end, it's it really hits some some high notes.
0: Yeah, um, other things that are worth noting: the animation is fantastic as always, uh, really outstanding lighting. I think in this movie that I noticed because usually Pixar kind of picks one. One lane to really work on in a movie, and I think that's what I noticed here. There were a couple s- standard shots of like keys in the ignition or something, where you can't see any like moving figures, and it looks so good, like photorealistic, good. Like stuff looks fantastic in this movie. So outstanding as always. Uh, not not too long; didn't overstay its welcome at one hundred at an hour and forty-two minutes. So I appreciated that. Overall, uh, a fun romp, I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Andy, would you recommend Onward? I absolutely would. Like I said, it's it's a little clumsy at at to, at the beginning at the start, but it really gets going, and it's a lot of fun, a lot of emotion. Uh, great for the kids, great for the family. A lot of of good characters, some good laughs. Um, yeah, o- overall, a really enjoyable time at the cinema.
0: Yeah, I, I think I'd recommend it too. With the yes, with yes, with caveats, right? Yes, uh, with the understanding that, like I said, you're, you're going in for a little bit more kids Pixar and little less adult Pixar. doesn't make it any less magical. doesn't make the experience any less valuable. Just that's what you're getting into. Um, still a lot of fun. Still enjoyed it. I'd say if you don't go see it in the theater, wait till streaming. I'm sure it'll land on Disney+, Plus and it'll be a good time when it does, if you have it. Yeah. Um,
1: if you bought, yeah, the, if you bought yeah, the year-long subscription, don't you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, was, it was definitely... Um. Yeah, you're right. It's not a go out and must see like most Pixar is. If you, if it doesn't look super exciting, just wait for streaming.
0: Yeah, but definitely worth streaming. That being said, whenever whenever it does land on streaming, if you have Disney Plus, definitely worth your time. So, yeah, that's onward. Not too shabby, I guess. Next up, we're gonna talk about some things that are coming out in the next couple months. We had. Do we have a name for this segment? We used to call this something.
1: Um. Did it, did it, upcoming releases? What's new? I don't know. <laughs>
0: okay, I don't, I don't remember if I had any music or anything. I guess not. Anyway, uh, yes. So What we used to do on the show, if you're if you're new to listening, we used to every like three months or so have an episode where we talk about what's coming up over the next three months. Well, we've heard back from our listeners. We actually haven't. Uh, we just think we should probably do every two months instead because it's hard to keep track of what's coming up in three months. So we're just going to do two. We're going to do March and April. Uh, well, the rest of March and then April.
1: Andy, how do you want to split this? Um, I'll start out. Let me uh, just do these uh, first two. Um, so next week, nothing is coming out. <laughs> uh, the terrible vindies will movie uh bloodshot comes out bloodshot which yeah. i'm i can't even bring myself to watch the trailer because the poster looks so bad have you seen the trailer no it's terrible <laughs> yeah i, yeah, I, I imagine <laughs> anyways after that i am looking forward to this is a quiet place part two uh, of course, the follow-up to *A Quiet Place*, uh, uh, John Krasinski and Emily Blunt's uh, horror movie from a couple years ago. Um, I'm really excited about this. It looks proper scary. The, the trailer had some really good thrilling elements. Um, uh, Cillian Murphy is in is in uh, this new or the sequel as well. And it's man, there's some really great horror coming out. And uh, this is this is you know the one for March. Last year we had uh, *Us* uh, to look forward to. Yes, and then at the end of the month is Disney's live ad- live action adaptation of Mulan, um, which looks really good, but I it's going to be a weird reception. Um, as, as we all know, uh, the coronavirus uh, outbreak is definitely affecting uh, theater attendance and uh, something like uh, the Chinese market is not available at this time. Also, there's been some uh, controversy because of, uh, you know, the protests in, in Hong Kong as well. Uh, so the, this movie's struggling with a lot. And I think it, it, it's, it's unfortunate because it looks great. Um, but I think it, it's just going to have to take a hit.
0: Uh, I think in failure, uh, there's always an opportunity to learn, and if Disney learns anything from Mulan bombing, and I'm sure it won't bomb, but I bet it won't do as well as the other ones have. Who am I kidding? They're not going to learn anything. Uh, I would hope what they learn is, hey, maybe the art direction and kind of style of these anim- these live action films is not that outstanding and isn't going to stand the test of time like the animated films have. What they're going to think is, ah, coronavirus. Let's just take another swing at it, you know.
1: Well, ah, and, it, ah, and I think I, I really like how Mul- Mulan looks because it, it because it is really taking that that live action approach. It's not like I recently saw the uh, Beauty and the Beast uh, remake, which is like a beat for beat. Remake of, of the cart cartoon version and or the animated version, but Mulan is not. Mulan is like an, a, a grown up story. There's like it's it's PG thirteen. You know they there's like kung fu fighting and swords and uh, sword and sandal. And I'll tell you
0: what, yeah, and I'll tell you what excites me about Mulan. It looks like they actually went out to, like, a different country and shot it. Like, Beauty and the Beast is so obviously <laughs> They went a outside. Lot. Yeah, Beauty <laughs> and the Beast is, like, so obviously a studio. And it killed me watching Emma last week because I was like, Emma managed to go out and actually film in, like, the English countryside. And Disney, you clowns, could not bring yourselves to go out to France and buy out a village for a month or something and fly Emma Watson out and have her fake sing into a mic. Like, come on. What are we doing? A uh, Quiet Place 2, while I'm at it, also excites me because of our man, Killian Murphy. I know it said it different than Cillian, but I'm not sure how it's pronounced. So. Me neither. Uh, that dude needs more work. I think he's great. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was great in, in Nolan movies. He's great in every movie. Uh Quiet Place Part 2, hopefully good stuff. And also uh, Noah Jupe, our boy from Honey Boy last week, is, is in that movie, so that'll be a good time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Uh, coming up in April is a bunch of these and I'm not quite familiar with all of them so I'm going to tell you what I know and Andy can fill in the blanks Uh, April 3rd is going to be New Mutants 20th Century Fox (laughs) right X-Men, teenage, adolescent horror film kind of thing uh, that Disney bought last year that they've been sitting on ever since is finally Two coming out. years delayed. I, I'm so anxious to see if this is the start of something new or if they're just dumping this like they dumped underwater at the beginning of the year because they don't know what to do with it. And they're like, well, just stick it in theaters. Maybe it'll make some money in Easter, you know? Um I don't yeah. know, but I'm tentatively excited about
1: it. Yeah, me too. Me, me too. And I've have been seeing this weird article floating around that I haven't read yet, but apparently the director is saying no, there were no reshoots for this. But all that's all I heard. That's why there's so many delays. So I'm gonna have huh. to see see what all that's about. Uh, uh, yeah, go on.
0: I was gonna say. Uh, I, it also stars the movie also stars uh, Arya Stark from Game of Thrones, uh, the older brother from Stranger Things, Emma. From Emma, Anya Taylor-Joy is in this movie, uh, and a couple other kiddos, yeah. but those yeah. are the three kind of <laughs> Ma- outstanding ones. Maisie,
1: Maisie Williams.
0: Yes, Maisie Williams, on Anya Taylor-Joy, Charlie Heaton. Um, so I don't know. It might be something. Uh, April 10th is going to be Saint Maude, uh, which is not an A24 film, right?
1: No, it is an A24 film. Oh, it is. Okay, good. So that makes in the sense, tradition then. of what is becoming women's horror, um, A24, uh, Saint Maude... Uh, you Have have you seen any of these trailers, by the way, Zach? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I've, I think I've seen all of them, actually. I just don't quite remember, because is a little weird, but we'll get to that in a minute. Anyway, R- St.
1: Maude. Right. Yeah. It, uh, it's, it kind of follows this uh, a girl who is a, a nurse, and uh, she's tending to, I guess, a terminally ill patient, and she is trying to uh, convert this patient to uh christianity or whatever save her soul uh but she she kind of is going off the deep end and uh she maybe is getting possessed the trailer looks really intense uh it's and it's some you know good looking a24 horror and i I, it looks it looks good to me
0: it's got that sick billy Eilish track on there uh oh man And and the girl in it i don't know her name but she looks so friggin creepy My God, she's just so odd and weird. And I'm like, oh, man, she's going to be weird. I love it. Yeah, maybe she's possessed. Maybe she's nuts. (laughs) Her her
1: name is Morphid Clark.
0: Nice. Morphid Clark. Uh, April 17th. uh, Oh, I forgot. April 10th. That's my birthday. St. Maud. That's what I'm I'm getting this year. (laughs) St. Maud. That's not too bad. A couple years back, I got the Miley Cyrus movie. So, hey, I'll take this. Uh, April 17th, my sister's birthday, is going to see Antlers, uh, which is a horror film about a small town Oregon teacher and a local sheriff who get entwined with a young student who's kind of got some weird stuff going on at home, I think, and, and... the first trailer for this film is, is fantastic. It's it's horror, really sets the mood. It's creepy and it's dark and it looks weird. And the second trailer has a lot more exposition in it. So if you're going to see one, I'd encourage you to watch the first trailer and then go see this movie. Don't. I think it's a less you know the better situation. Sure. Because it looks really curious and weird and original and cool. And I, I want to see more about it. Um,
1: yeah, it has that. Um... It, like it's an indie film. It it's a, it's a monster movie, essentially. Yes, it, it's, it's body horror. Ur- yeah. Well, it's an urban legend uh kind of uh story, which uh we know we our, our good friend Matt is is all about uh those urban legends.
0: Yes. So that'll be a good time. Uh also stars Carrie Russell in the lead and Jesse Plemons I think, as the sheriff. Is that guy ever gonna lose weight or is this whole thing just like <laughs>
1: backing back it on? I saw him referred to as Meth Damon. <laughs> <laughs> Because he was, he got a start in, in or he was in Breaking Bad.
0: Meth day, and then Jesus. He's sorry. only, he's
1: only actually ever put on weight from when I see him.
0: I mean, that's what I mean. I'm like, I don't know if the guy ever lost weight. I think he's only ever put on weight for roles. I don't know where he's going. But anyway, you want to take this next one?
1: Uh, Yes. Uh, Promising Young Woman, uh, which I've heard a lot about, a lot of buzz about this movie, uh, stars Carrie Mulligan and Bo Bo Burnham. Uh, Carrie Mulligan, in in the trailer, we see her. She's at a bar. She gets super drunk. And a guy tries to take advantage of her, take her home. And then turns out she's not drunk. And she's caught him, you know, basically in... attempted uh sexual assault and then uh looks like she blackmails these people and this is like a quest she's on because then she she continues to do this uh this is some sort of revenge uh thriller i don't know much about it but it just it looks good and it's got a ton of buzz
0: yeah so that'll be something i'm i'm I saw a trailer for this and thought, okay, hold on, yeah, this is interesting. I don't know where it's going, um, but we'll probably end up watching it for the show. So, you'll find out if you keep it here on Off Script. And our last movie in April, April 24th, is going to see the release of Antebellum. uh, Which is a movie I don't know a whole lot about, and I think that's by design, right? They've been a little vague on purpose about this so it's from the producers of get out and us all right so you have an idea of where it's coming from uh, it stars janelle monet who's a very exciting new actress uh, up-and-coming actress i should say she starts she, she is an author named veronica uh, according to this imdb rundown who says F- veronica finds herself trapped in a horrifying reality and must uncover the mind-bending mystery before it's too late that's all i know about this movie I saw a trailer. It's a little vague, but it's definitely got similar imagery to something like Get Out and Us, I think is a reason they say it's produced by those by those same folks. Uh, it's definitely got some energy to it. I don't really know where it's all going, but I, I dig Janelle, Janelle Monet, so I, I think it'll be a good time.
1: Yeah, so it... it um, yeah, it, it looks really interesting because it, it has to do with some sort of, like... There's either, like, time skipping or something because part of it is in takes place in modern day and then part of it is in antebellum South and slavery South. And we see Janelle Monet both in, as an author and also as a slave. So there's some sort of like yeah, time some hopping something or, dimensional yeah. something going on. And it's, I, I saw another quote unquote trailer and it was like shorter than the first trailer, but it, it, it really got my, my attention. Like it, it was good not to um, show too much, but I don't, again, this is this female led horror stuff is it's, I don't know if we're in a trend or something, but it look it's just, it's really great
0: yeah I'm into it keep it up <laughs> we, we, we need we need more women in Hollywood and with that we should move on to our final uh, film we'll get to more releases in a couple of months uh, probably towards the end of April we'll talk about what's coming up next so stay tuned for that otherwise this is uh, Lee Wennell's The Invisible Man let me help you you can't help me So, The Invisible Man is, of course, a kind of remake-reboot of the old Universal Monster movie, The Invisible Man, of the same name. This story's been done definitely more than a few times uh, over the years, uh, and this is the most recent interpretation. You probably don't remember, but when the last big swing at the Universal Monster movie thing was done, that was The Mummy, the Tom Cruise one. And with that movie, there was a bit of a setup for other characters that were going to cross over. Jekyll and Hyde was in that movie as as uh, Russell Crowe played them. And in a promotional photo released by Universal, uh, Johnny Depp was featured as going to be the Invisible Man. Uh, Johnny Depp is not in this movie. <laughs> this is This is a total misstep from that. So if you're thinking this has anything to do with The Mummy or other Universal production, it doesn't. This is its own thing. You don't have to go have seen anything else. You don't have to have any reading material. You don't even have to have seen the original. What this is, The Invisible Man, this film, the 2020 version, is the story of Cecilia Cass, I believe is her name. A a young woman uh, who's living with her lovely boyfriend, probably maybe husband? I don't know if they ever say. Uh, A wonderfully brilliant man named Adrian, who is an that's just, like he's a, like a very a bright te- man. Yeah, he's like yeah. a tech entrepreneur. Yes, yeah, and he has a ton of money, and I think they live out in California on the coast, and they've got this huge complex they live in, and the guy's brilliant, and he's also horribly abusive. Horribly domestic abusive, and, and manipulative, and kind of insane, and sociopathic, and crazy. And Cecilia is looking to escape this horribly domestic abusive man, uh, just awful. And she gets away from him only to find out when she's staying at, I think her sister's place in the movie, uh, that he has killed himself. Suicide passed away, uh, is, is no longer around. So obviously she starts feeling a little better about herself. She comes out of the house. She starts going out. She, she applies for jobs and that's when things start to get weird. Cause suddenly she feels like she's not alone in rooms. Suddenly, weird emails get sent from her account and things go missing in the house and lights get turned on when they shouldn't and things start to happen that aren't quite normal and suddenly cecilia begins to suspect that these coincidences maybe aren't so coincidental after all maybe there's somebody behind them somebody invisible (laughs) the invisible man (laughs) uh a very intriguing pivot from the original story. Obviously the original story was an invisible man. Who's a brilliant scientist finds a way to turn himself invisible and gets into hijinks. This is a guy who finds a way to turn himself invisible, but is horrible and crazy. And, and it's fascinating. It's a really intriguing twist on the formula that I actually really enjoyed watching. Elizabeth Moss is our lead. Andy, what did you think? Wait? Yes. No. What did you think? It's we're not on recommendations (laughs) yet. What did you think of the invisible man?
1: Um, so I really enjoyed it. I was really surprised, and you know, I was surprised that when it came out. It, it killed at the box office; made over a hundred million dollars, and it was made for seven million. So like, they're making a the mint uh, off this movie, and uh, it, it's it's such an interesting direction because they really, in, you know, they put the horror in this horror universe. If that's what they're trying to do, like this is a proper scare, scary movie. It's you know, there's body horror, there's violence, there's uh, jump scares. Um, But yeah, I I was really brought in by it. It's a little bit too long, it could probably shave like 15 minutes, Um, but it it, it is proper creepy. There's so many times uh, where the, um, the camera just pans around the room and you see Elizabeth Moth is staring at something and you don't know for a large part of the film whether or not the Invisible Man is there or he's not. And it's like it, it does a great job of, of ratcheting up the tension uh, of just building uh, that tense a- atmosphere um, that, that just kind of puts you on an edge the whole time. Um, and then Elizabeth Moss does an incredible job. She she has to pretty much carry the movie on her own. Um, lots of work in acting uh, from her. So, I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I was really surprised.
0: Yeah, I, I, I actually really enjoyed it as well. Like I said, this came out a couple weeks ago. And we had totally blown it off. Uh, the, to be honest, the, I think the big reason for that is because the trailer for this movie is just terrible. This is one of those trailers that gives away almost the whole film. Like, And it, it's way too much. And, and the movie is not actually that way. That was a decision of a trailer studio and not like the director. Who I think would have angled the trailer to be more kind of pensive and solemn and, and slow and paced better. Because that's what this movie is. Uh, the Invisible Man is an exercise in kind of slow, casual ramp up of tension until it goes way too far. And it's a lot of fun because of that. Um, Lee Wannell. I'm just. going Whan- to go with Lee Wannell. That's what I'm going to call it. <laughs> I think it. it's Wannell. Wannell. Okay. Lee Wannell. Uh, you know what? That's fine. I think he's Australian. I'm going with it. Lee Wannell. Uh, has, has really taken him some time to figure out how do you do slow paced horror and, and structurally the movie is not particularly slow paced, but shot for shot it is. It's very slow pans and slow movements and kind of long cuts. Uh, I think that's what makes the movie feel a little long and I'd agree it's a little too much, but there's a lot in this movie that works. There's a lot that's good about The Invisible Man. Uh, and I want to talk about it, so let's jump right into it. Uh, Andy, like you said, this movie is pretty much entirely held up by Elizabeth Moss, uh, who does a fantastic job as the lead. Any thoughts on her?
1: Yeah, uh, so she's incredible. And even from her first words, because she at the beginning of the film, she's escaping this uh, abusive uh, relationship, this person who is controls every aspect of her life. And the very first thing she does is she wakes up in the middle of the night, and she just whispers her, her, you know, her husband's name, which is Adrian. And she does it with so much fear and such fragility. Like, I was sold from from the beginning. And she has to hold so many different kinds of fear in this movie. Like, there's the, the fear of, of him, of what's happening. Is she going insane? You know, other people don't believe her. There's, you, you know, that aspect you see her in the trailer. Kind of, she gets institutionalized at, at one point. Um, and, and just the cameras focused on her face a lot and her just staring into, into empty rooms and having to act and react. And then, you know, also, and sometimes things happen that only she can see and no one else witnesses. And so that, that makes it even harder, but it's, uh, it's really incredible. And there's some, there's some action scenes here, uh, that are pretty violent, um, as, as well that, that she has to act through. So, uh, she's in, did just did an incredible job in this.
0: Yeah, she's she's tremendous. She to to I don't I don't mean to just coin a phrase from like Roger Ebert who said uh, Shelley Duvall in The Shining was a screaming dishrag. Uh, she's, she's definitely a little bit more than that in this movie. But she has to hold a similar kind of 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 pose, right? She has to be this this woman who is horribly mentally kind of abused and twisted around, and has to be just as fragile while also Trying to trying to run from something she can't see and explain to people around her that she's not nuts, which is a big part of this movie. Like, everybody thinks she's... Why wouldn't you think she's crazy, right? Like, she's a victim of domestic abuse. Her domestic abuser just committed suicide. Like, she's in an entirely new place. She can't go back to where she came from. She doesn't want to leave the house and then she starts seeing things. Yeah, it's not that weird. Like it's way easier to assume, hey, you're just nuts, than it is to assume there's an invisible man in the room. And the whole movie is kind of shaped around that plot device. All of the people in her life don't believe her. Like, why would they? You know, you're nuts. So you don't know. You don't know what you're talking about. You're seeing things. You need some help. You need some medication, maybe. Um, never is it really. It doesn't really come around that. Hey, maybe you're onto something. Uh, well, I shouldn't say never, but I don't know. Yeah, the yeah, point, yeah. It's the point a, it's is that yeah. issue
1: issue where like you know th- no one will will believe her because she doesn't have any proof, but you, the audience knows that uh, you know something's going on.
0: Right, and and like I said, that's that's I think a fault of the trailer. The trailer gives a lot away. I know they got to tell you, hey, what's what's going on, but like a lot of the scares in this movie are given away, but that doesn't that doesn't stop the tension, which is fantastic. Uh, our our boy Lee has has figured out, hey. There's a really clever way, a very low budget way You can shoot an invisible man And the trick is, here let me explain it to you uh, You shoot Elizabeth Moss doing something On screen on in the corner Of a room and as she's putting her dress Away or typing on her computer or something With no music or anything You just slowly start to pan the camera To the other side of the room to like a couch And you just hang It there for a second and then you slowly Just kind of pan back Nothing happened, you didn't see anything, but like you are just your brain is putting stuff together and you're looking for a person in the frame. What's happening? What's going to happen? Why is the camera over here? You get this really cool sense of like voyeuristic fear out of this camera kind of following her around in the house and 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 us watching her as she's alone and you start to feel the same way a person in the room would feel, which helps play up the tension because when things start to get weird, you can understand it and you can almost sympathize with it in a way uh, and it's very sharp it's very smart it's very easy to do on a low budget that's some film school stuff man I, I really respected
1: it yeah and you were meant you mentioned the scares and I wanted to talk a little bit about there there are some really great scares in this movie and they're they're well earned and um, a lot of times they just come out of out of nowhere and they're not cheap because so many times you either see a jump scare coming a mile away or I mean that's usually what it is you see it come a mile away and it's not scary or it's just really, really cheap. Um, the thrills are, are really good in this, and also there's so much tension built up. There's so much is something there is isn't something there um, that you you get put on edge, and so when these kind of, when these jump scares happen, they're incredibly effective because you've been you're anxious the whole time leading up to it.
0: Yeah, uh, and it, it works, man. It it plays great, so. As the movie goes on, and things start to get stranger and stranger, and she starts to piece together, hey, something's not right here. Something's wrong, you know? We start to get a little bit more exposition, because the movie really does start out pretty dry. It doesn't give you a whole lot of backstory. It just starts, and she's getting out of there. like, And, and you have to kind of piece it together as you go, along with the other supporting characters in the film. Uh, and I really respected the way it kind of ramps up that intensity. Cause like I said, it get it gets nuts by the end. This is an R rated horror film.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like it, we get some good and body there, horror.
0: Yeah. There's a reason it's R rated. Like it, it starts to get wild at the end. Um, and man, like that, that step up intention as things get crazier and crazier and people just think you're nuts, you're nuts, you're crazy, you know? Um, it's it's a really enjoyable ride, you know. It's it's a lot of fun. It's it's a good roller coaster of ups and downs, and calm and intense and calm and intense. It doesn't lay it on too thick. It doesn't lay it on too thin. It's just right. And I really, like I said, I really respected it. A lot that works here.
1: So part of of what I want to finish up here is that this this film stands on its own really well. It's it's open and shut, but it does, and I don't want to give too much away, but it does kind of set up for a sequel. And I could definitely see it, the, how it would be setting up a larger universe. You know, uh, the same way that something like Captain America, the first Avenger, was the introdu- introduction of Captain America, who would go on to do more films and be in the Avengers. If they're, if universe, or if Blumhouse is, it's Blumhouse or A24? Blumhouse. Um, uh, Blumhouse, yeah. yeah. Blumhouse? Yeah, if, if they're... Attempting to build, uh, you know, to build because I didn't know if they were going to actually build the, the horror verse or just do one-off films, but they've definitely set themselves to be able to do that. So I, I'm excited to see what kind of their next character and what what kind of film it'll be.
0: Yes, uh, I've I've from my brief reading around this because I wanted to look it up and figure it out. Yeah, it looks like they are still planning on doing some kind of basically they're planning on still rebooting all the monster movies, but after excuse me, after the disaster that was the mummy, uh, they decided to move away from the shared universe thing and focus on individual stories. So that's what this is like. They are still planning on doing other films, uh, you know, Wolfman and Frankenstein and all kinds of stuff. But I think they're going to try to really focus on just kind of making them their own thing. You know? Well, and Uh, if if
1: you do them successfully, then, you know, just like the Avengers, you could do Avengers because you did four successful solo films before that.
0: Right. People will come back. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And and I feel the same way. Um, you could take some of the characters in this movie and kinda of just kind of sprinkle them in another one, and I would believe it. I, I would go with it. I wouldn't think that was crazy. So I, I really appreciated what was doing from that angle. I think I like I said at the beginning, I think the domestic abuse stuff is really smart. It's a it's a really clever way to kind of turn this story on its head and, and compelling too i mean if you you have somebody walking around who's invisible and one person feels like they can see them and everybody else can't um even if they can't actually see them like that's really smart and and a really cool way to look at that original story to go back and say hey here's kind of something fascinating about this um
1: well sh- uh, sure like it, it reminds me of stephen king how stephen king uses supernatural fear to also talk about real world fears and how those real world Uh, fears are generally worse than uh, anything that's fantastical
0: yeah usually something i something else i really appreciate in this movie the soundtrack um it is really interesting um it's a whole lot of bass and it's a whole lot of electronic sound and and it's it reminds me of something annie annie did you notice this at all uh, yeah, I'm no, hoping not, I can not, lean on you a little, too, little bit. No, not too really? much. I, I didn't really oh, man. pay t- too much attention. Yeah. To the score. It was when, fine. When, when big scares come out, you get these huge booms of like, <laughs> like huge electronic bass and sound. And like, it's, it's really effective, uh, especially considering some of the larger themes in the film that I won't get into because you should just go see it to find out for yourself. But, um, really good stuff. Very creepy and very unnatural. And, and that's exactly what Invisible Man is, right? He's unnatural. You're not getting a whole lot of melody or rhythm in this soundtrack. It's a whole lot of just harsh, rough sound. And that's really cool. Like, it, it's really effective when you finally start to figure out what's happening in this movie and you're getting these big scares. Um I really appreciate it
1: yeah and i think in terms of, of what this film this film and also what it means for a larger universe is that it's very very grounded whereas the you know things like the mummy dracula untold i frankenstein the werewolf all that was lean more towards the supernatural it seems like th- that's not going to be the case with this and i think that's a very smart decision
0: yes uh, i agree i think it's a smart decision as well um yeah I think we covered everything here runtime cast uh, the world the setting is modern hyper modern even Um, I think everything worked Uh, any other thoughts or recommendations Andy I think I'm ready Andy would you recommend The Invisible Man
1: Um, absolutely for horror fans uh, some content warnings. it is very violent. It is hard R. Uh, it deals with uh, themes of domestic abuse, so just be aware of that. Um, but absolutely, it's proper scary. It, it's got different kinds of horror. There's body horror, jump scares, just creepy mood. Elizabeth Moss is really great as the uh, as Cecilia Cass. It carries the entire film uh, herself. Um, really enjoyed it. Really recommend it.
0: Yeah, I feel the same way. Uh, I am bummed I didn't think more of this movie when it was coming out, but like I said back then, the trailer is terrible, and it still is. Um, but if you can kind of set that aside and just kind of go, just see kind of a quiet little horror film, I, I think you'll actually really enjoy it. It's 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 smart, it's a little long, like I said, but it's good entry in uh, Mr. Wannell's uh, <laughs> library. Uh, next up on his plate, it looks like he's going to be doing... Um, Escape from New York, which is crazy. They're rebooting that, so he gets a piece of that, which is good. Oh, one more thing. Oh, I'm thinking about it. Uh, the action scenes in this. Uh, long take. Yeah, they, yeah. They would do one-take action scenes with a bunch of choreographies. So that was actually really cool. Um, I, I really respected that. Anyway, uh, yes, I think this movie is really smart. I actually really enjoyed it. I would recommend it. Go, go see it. Definitely R rating. Definitely a bit of a trigger warning for some folks, maybe. Uh, so something to watch out for. But um, if, if you don't go see it in theaters, definitely a streaming joint. You don't want to miss it. So that's the Invisible Man. All right. And with that, I suppose we should wrap the show a little early this week. Um, but, you know, we all have our health to think about. So, uh, you know, if you go to the theater, use hand sanitizer. Wash your
1: hands.
0: Yeah. 20 seconds. Come on.
1: Wear your mask if you got one. Wear your mask. <laughs> I don't, but I do wash I, my hands.
0: I thought the mask thing didn't actually help. I thought that was a bit of a uh, mm, depend,
1: Depends on who you ask, I guess.
0: Is that fake news? Is that fake news? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, uh, if you enjoyed listening to Off Script, uh, check us out on all that social media stuff. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. We're probably on TikTok or... Um, oh, God, what's that new one all the kids are talking about? Bite. I don't know. Bite, yeah. I <laughs> was saying you actually know it. Yeah. Vine 2. Vine yes. Bite. Yeah. I'm sure we're on bite. Uh, yeah. Check us out on social media. Follow us, throw us a like, if you can swing it, just let us know your support in the show. It really means a lot to us. If there's anything you can do on the podcast end, just throw a subscribe down, just subscribe to the show. So you get a new episode every single Tuesday in your inbox. We are loving the show and we love doing it and we want to keep doing it for us. But if you want to listen too, I mean, you're more than welcome. Please, please do leave a rating and review even if you really enjoyed it that much and uh, let us know what you thought. Feel free to write us, mail at offscriptfilmreview.com, or just comment on any of those things, any of those social media posts, and we'll we'll read them. We'll probably read them live on the show uh, if they're particularly captivating. Give, hit us with a hot take, or something we should see, or your opinion on something. We want to know. Seriously. This is what this is all about. So Bold Cinema is all about watching movies and talking about them. So... With, all, with that being said, oh, uh, and we're taking next week off. Shoot, That's right. I right. Just said that at the top. Yes, uh, next week, Andy and I are both going to be traveling, probably both going to be getting sick, so we're taking the <laughs> week off. We'll be back next week, hell or high water, uh, on off script. So, with that being said, thank you for listening. Pleasure, as always, uh, from all of us here at the home of Bold Cinema, I'm Zach Lewis.
1: And I'm Dr. Draper.
0: Thanks for listening.